Today is March 31st. My name is Jeremy Lawler, and this is the seventh episode of Blues for Lent. balance, seeking control, looking for somewhere trustworthy to place my feet. Well, anyone who knows me knows that when it comes to certain activities, finding a sense of balance or control is especially elusive to me. Paddleboarding, standing on a tiny board on top of water, I flip again and again into the frigid water. Growing up, trying to rollerblade or skateboard, never went well. My attempts at surfing have been wildly unsuccessful and left me with many contusions. Water skiing usually consists of dragging me around the lake behind a boat, me doing splits and inhaling all the water in my path, or snow skiing, where I wobble and I slide and I fall and look out for I may clobber anyone in my path. Basically, I'm a menace to society if balance is on the table and maybe a comedy reel as well. No control, lack of confidence, facing the unknown, feeling off balance, struggling to find footing. I could be talking about any of these attempts at various activities, or I could be talking about many of my or our states of being at many points in life, especially over the past year which requires no great explanation. We face situations in our lives every day when the unknown outweighs the known, when we feel off kilter, when we play out the what-if scenarios in our minds trying to figure things out, and we often find ourselves with a gap, a gap between what we want and hope for and what we can actually control or count on. And if you're anything like me, often worry feels, fills that space. Some amount of fear takes over and can stop me in my tracks. It's my tendency as a thinker to process through the pieces of my life. I'm trying to be responsible with things I need to be responsible with. I'm trying to care about things that are worth caring about. But that thinking can so easily become worrying. Where the mind starts spinning like a hamster wheel but doesn't really move me anywhere. Where it's not a caring or thoughtful mind at work, but it's where that unsettling, accusatory, fear-mongering voice has come in and splintered, divided, consumed my mind to the point that I can't relax, that I feel it overtaking every bit of my life and robbing me of time, of energy, of joy, of peace, robbing me of the present again and again. In the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus famously says, don't worry, as a part of his teaching on that day. Don't worry. To me, that passage is the definition of easier said than done. I've always had a hard time with those words of Jesus here because it feels a bit flippant. 
come on, Jesus, let's be realistic. If I could just stop, I would have by now. But when I slow down, I look a little closer. I see that Jesus never says ignore or don't care in his famous teaching. Maybe I am to keep caring about that which is worth caring about. After all, Jesus himself cares and deeply. But worry? Jesus warns us, no. Don't let whatever it is have that much of you. Don't let the world shrink to the size of whatever it is that we don't have or whatever worry we're facing. Because remember that God cares far more than you do. God actually cares about you more than you do. God actually cares about the things and the people that you care about more than you do. Jesus warns us because he knows that this worry thing will take as much of us as it can. It will burrow its way into our lives and accuse us and try to unsettle us and try to keep us off balance forever. It'll try to convince us of a different kind of reality, one where everything depends on me, one where God is irrelevant, one where I am responsible for everything always, so I better white knuckle grip my way through everything. No, no, don't let it have that much of you because the all of you is so much more and the all of you belongs to God. Seeking control and comfort and community in the face of what is unknown and fearful. Well, that's often where the early Christians and everyone since really has found themselves. The writer of Hebrews speaks into that at the beginning of chapter 12 of his letter. Just after he has given some examples of people who have faithfully lived in the midst of some worrisome times, he urges us to live likewise. And he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Look at all the examples of faith that have come before you, but especially look at Jesus. Because there you will see anything but flippant. Instead, you will see the God in the flesh who experiences, presses through, perseveres, sacrifices all to show us the extent of what our God's care is. To remind us that it's more than just me or you stumbling our way forward in fearful, uncertain, turbulent times. But Jesus, who has set the course and made a way to do it with him. It's Holy Week, 
and worry and fear is all over the story of Holy Week. It's an anxious story. Lent gets really intense in those final days. Yet the intensity of God's care is highlighted there like it is nowhere else. Out at Yellowstone National Park in the Yellowstone Canyon, there's this huge gorge that has a waterfall in it. And there are steps that have been cut into the side of the gorge wall to descend down to see the base of the waterfall. 328 steps. Extremely steep. You stand at the top of that staircase and you start feeling vertigo just looking down. A couple years ago, I was out there with, with some friends. And we started making our way down to see the waterfall. And as we're going, we come across a father who's walking slowly down the steps with his six-year-old son a couple steps behind him. And this kid is struggling to try to make his way down these steep steps. They are way too high for him. They're like two-thirds of his body height. And as we come up next to him, his dad is looking back at him saying, You're doing great, buddy. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. But this kid is white-knuckle gripping the railing clinging with all his might. He's scared to death. He's staring down at this terrifying descent. He's fighting back some tears, and he's only like 25 steps in. But as I pass him by, I hear him talking to himself, and he's saying over and over again, almost there, almost there. Hundreds of steps to go, but taking it a step at a time and seeing that his dad was right there in front of him, So he kept on pumping himself up, saying, almost there. I know I'm almost there. I moved really slowly down those steps just so I could listen in and see this play out. This kid who trusted his dad, who trusted that the path he was on was safe if his dad was with him. And speaking those words to not worry or be afraid. And he trusted that even in his fear, he could keep on moving. It's helpful for me to remember whose voice these don't worry words belong to. Not just a disembodied voice booming from the sky, but from the mouth of God in the flesh, who walked the path of Holy Week, who looked into the eyes of real people with real lives and says, do not be afraid, do not worry. I'll be honest, I don't often run with perseverance as the Hebrews passage urges us. Some days it's more of a walk, a stumble or shuffle, but it's movement. It's movement towards a better reality, the one where God cares far more than any of us do. So in that gap between what I need and want and what I can actually control or count on, I'm trying to let faith and trust fill that space more than worry. May we all try to walk in these steps of Jesus this week and all the weeks to come. See the